Welcome to Fruiting Body Podcast with your host, Brendan. And today we have another legend of a guest. It is my good friend, Pete LaRock. Um, you might have seen Pete on a previous episode. He was helping us do the Chinese translations for Zhang Wei Li. Um, today we're going to be focusing on what brought Pete to Thailand and how it saved his life. Um, we're going to leave timestamps on all of our podcasts. So just go down. You can click. You can see chapters. You can navigate. If you're tired of listening to me ramble right now, just skip ahead. And there's probably something interesting Pete's going to say. Um, so check that out. Uh, Fruiting Body Podcast. Fruiting Body is a medicinal mushroom company located on the island of Phuket, Thailand. Today with Pete, let's chill some shit. He is doing Thai High Corporation. It's his new business down in Patong. Go check it, check it out. Glass and grass. Get high as fuck and have an awesome time. Bye. You better buy. So if you're watching, bye. I don't know. That's the end of my shilling. Um, I'll put that on the table, yeah? Okay. We're going to get this started as we do. Am I missing something? We got a checklist over here. Let me check it out. What am I missing? Oh, uh, subscribe. Yeah, that's on the list. Yeah, we forgot that. What do you think? Should they subscribe? Yeah, yeah, I would. I would unsubscribe on this episode, to be honest. Oh, Jesus. I <laughs> yeah. definitely will. Yeah, hit the thumbs down and unsubscribe because oh. this ain't going to be a good one. It's going to be the best. Okay. Uh, we'll get this started. All right. Thanks, bud. You're back again. Here Legend. Did you watch the John Wei Lee episode? Yeah, I did. It was good. Yeah. Good. What happened? Uh, tell me a part in it. Well, you were here. I don't know. Oh, I joking. just like, it was cool. It was just cool meeting her. She was so nice and just down to earth. Yeah, she was. She's cool. Yeah, and her coach was there, and and yeah, uh, she's just you know, just chill. Yeah, she's pretty dialed in. She's pretty scary. Yeah, I, I watch her um, uh, doing pad work at the uh, Bangtao Muay Thai, and I was scared. Yeah, like I would, I wouldn't even want to hold pads for. Her. I don't think my elbows could hold, handle it. It's just like the power and those kicks and punches, just ridiculous. Yeah, she's she went on, she won the belt. She'll be back. I don't know if she's going to China with all the shit going down, but. Hey, uh, oh well. let's get uh, her on. Get her on with the belt. That'd be cool. I think she would probably come back if she comes back in February. I want to hold it. I want to hold a UFC belt. That's crazy. Not everybody gets to do that, right? I wonder if she'll be traveling with it. I don't know. Probably not. I was gonna say maybe the Chinese government just takes it from them, but <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just like I'm joking. It's mine I'm joking. Jeez, <laughs> if that gets outdoors, anyways, it's probably over. Um, all right, <laughs> let's move forward on that. Hans, cut that out. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um. Okay, so we go way back. Uh, I lived in China. He lived in China. He, you, Pete's been in China for 15 years. His Chinese is better than a lot of Chinese people's Chinese. It's on another level. Um, let's go back to the beginning before you coming to China and just let's walk through your story. We know that you're doing sourcing. We'll get into that and the nitty gritties, but actually what brought you to China and, and then eventually leading you to Tanzania and Phuket? Walk us through your story, bud. Okay, so um, basically... Uh, when I was 18, I left Canada, and uh, my brother lives in Holland, so I traveled a lot in Europe. I lived there for uh, about two years on and off, and then um, when I went back to Ottawa, I was like, uh, this sucks, you know, after having two years of adventures traveling around Europe, I just couldn't handle the, the, the life there, and then I was like, okay. So actually, I was, uh, I did a teaching certificate to teach kids, and I was, my plan was I was going to move to Spain and teach there to be closer to my brother um, and his family, his kids. And then um, when I was doing my uh, my teaching course, my teacher said, hey, you should go to Yangshuo, China, which is beautiful. It has all the karst mountains. It kind of looks like Pangna. That's like Guilin. Gui yeah, Guilin, south of Guilin, like an hour and a half. It's beautiful. 
So I was like, okay. She's like, yeah, I can hook you up with a job there. Uh, she said, before you go to Spain, go to China, check it out. It's awesome. And um, yeah, she got she hooked me up with a job. I said, okay, I'll go for a summer. I'll go to two months there. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, when I went there, I had just the best time. It was just awesome. The Chinese people were so nice and just, you know, it began, I didn't go home for two and a half years. I was supposed to be gone two months. I didn't go home for two and a half years. So I went there when I was, uh, I ended up go, moving there when I was 21, 2001. And um, yeah, I uh, eventually moved to Shenzhen, to the big city. And then, um, yeah, I started, uh, I was teaching there too. Then I opened uh, a few training centers, a few schools with my, uh, my boss at the time. It was a Taiwanese lady. And then business was good, but I, I was getting stressed out a little bit with this, a lot going on. And it was just, it was uh, a lot of work. And then um, I sold my uh, my share, my half, to an English guy. And then I started doing trading with Casto. We were sending uh, secondhand cars to Tanzania, Africa, because he's, he's from Tanzania. And uh, we had internet cafes and uh, DVD shops. This is before yeah. uh, iPhones, you know, this is like, you know, in the, in the 2000s. And then, yeah, after uh, 15 years in China, I, I, was, I needed a change. And then uh, my partner and I were like, okay, let's uh we wanted to open a safari company that was the dream right because ever since i was a kid it was i was my my dream to go on safari so i was like you know fuck it let's just do one that's that tanzania is the the the, the best it's the hub up in arusha then yeah up in arusha so you have the serengeti uh kilimanjaro is there it's the tallest freestanding mountain in the world you have the ngorongoro crater uh and then like tarangiri national park lake manyara these are all like really famous uh, national parks basically if you watch national geographic um i'd say 90 percent of it of the safari stuff is is filmed in in tanzania and there's uh also some like in kruger national park down in south africa too but the main the main you know the most wildlife is up in tanzania what was it like living in tanzania because i'm sure like most guests we have on it we can always always share the experience of china and other places around southeast asia but mm. it's pretty rare uh foreigners living in tanzania as a foreigner what was it like uh it was it was um difficult um i, I i'd say um there's a lot of corruption and um a lot of poverty at that time i think tanzania was the fifth poorest country in the world so you see a lot of misery uh, due to poverty, malnutrition, people dying of malaria. I mean, it's so poor that you think about it. You can cure malaria for 10 US dollars. You know, you just buy a couple pills, you take them for two days. That's it. It's a, it's a bacteria, right? That, that's growing your body. But people are still dying from that because if you don't have 10 bucks, you don't have 10 bucks. And if nobody around you has 10 bucks, how do you get 10 bucks to cure malaria or, you know, and you can never get rid of malaria by yourself. It, it breeds in your body. It's it's bacterial, right? So that's why there's no um, there's no like vaccine against uh, malaria. It's not a virus. So you see, I mean, it's pretty. You know, oh yeah, we would. It's all over. The, you, yeah, like, I mean, just, not the malaria side, but like the poverty side. Oh yeah, it's just you know, and it's and there's a lot of crime due to that, right? I mean, the theft and 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 it's pretty safe. The people there were were you know, of course, there's some areas that are more dangerous than others, but. Um, it was just, it was difficult. And um, after, um, you know, when uh, the internet became better and there was iPhones, well, then the DVD shop eventually didn't work out. Internet cafes disappeared because everyone, I mean, can get a cheap, uh, you know, Nokia. Uh, or, a, or a Samsung, a cheap Android phone. You know, everybody was finding a way to get them. 
and secondhand phones and stuff. So, um, so yeah, we started, um, I, I moved there first. My partner stayed in China. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I started, I was in Dar es Salaam for a year and then we moved up to Arusha for two years and we bought the land cruisers and we invested in that. And, um, at that time, Magufuli, um, who's dead now, uh, he died this year. Uh, the president. Yeah. Yeah. He died. Um, he had just come into power. So we had been, we, before I moved over, we sent like six containers of, uh, secondhand cars from Hong Kong. We were doing that because they drive like in Thailand on the, uh, on the left-hand side. Right. So yeah. So we did that and we shipped them over and then he came in, there was an election at time. I think it was in September, October. And then he's like, okay, the way he got into, to win the election, he's like, I'm going to get rid of all the corruption in Tanzania. So everybody voted him in. And he's like, we're starting with the port. So basically he closed the port after we had sent our containers and then our containers were like on the sea waiting for ages. And then we had to store them and we were paying, um, I don't remember how much it was like a hundred bucks a day per container or something like that. And they were stuck for months. So it was just like draining. And then once he, 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 he came in to power, everybody's the, the, the easy money wasn't flowing around. The, the, the people were more scared uh, to, to, uh, you know, they started checking the bank accounts and becoming really strict, right? Make sure people are paying their taxes. So people stopped buying secondhand cars. Now I've got tons of cars. There's three in the Canadian. We have like 20 cars, I'm putting them everywhere. We're trying to sell them. No one's buying them. I'm trying to sell them super cheap. Just to, we were like losing on them. You know what I mean? Like we're like, fuck. So anyways, I, I managed to uh, get some investment to finish off uh, buying off the Land Cruisers and setting up the business. And it was a good business. But then he also uh, in increased the park fees. He added like a like 28% increase on the, the park fees to go in. So then all of a sudden... Uh, it was way cheaper to go on safari in Kenya, which was 200 kilometers north of Arusha. And you can do, and 10% of the Serengeti is in Kenya, which is not the most of the animals are in Tanzania. But hey, if, you're, if your holiday is going to be half the price, right? Because going on safari is not cheap, right? Oh, you're talking five, seven grand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. You know, it depends. There's three day, five day, seven day, 10 day, 14 day packages, you know. And if you're doing like three star, four star, five star. But anyways, yeah, and um, so yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work. It failed, and I was like, okay. And uh, you know, we we uh, Claire, Luke, and I were like, okay, we have enough of it. You know, I was just like, yeah, let's just get out of here. And but during while I was there, the last year that I was there, um, I also had a company in China called uh, Harbin Institute of Technology, and they hired me as a consultant. So I was in Tanzania a month, and then I'd be in China a month, and a Tanzania a month, and a China a month like that for a year, which was hard on the family because they're alone there and it's, you know, not hard on me because I was worried. But, um, yeah, that's when I was started coming to visit you because we've been friends, what, like over 10 years now? Yeah. 10, 15 years. So, um, so yeah, I just, I started popping in to see you and then I was like, yeah, this place is awesome. And then I brought Claire here, check it out. And then when I, I was like sell, closing the business, selling the, the, the land cruisers, selling my, my van, my truck, just getting rid of all my stuff, right? Um, I was like, okay, where do we go? And she was like, Phuket. I was like, yes. <laughs> I said that inside, though. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then, yeah. And then when we got here, um, we started, we were trading. Always were, we were always doing some trading with Brent to the U.S. and stuff. Yeah, and you had your trading company 
I uh, in China and you're still doing. Yeah. Um, so that kept going. And then we were doing a little bit more U.S. and European business. But we were also doing like some construction materials to Africa, um, especially to South Africa. And um, yeah, so we kept doing that. But it was like, OK, um, we were just that was it was difficult to do because of the time difference. Right. So that there was like a five hour time difference. So it was hard to do everything, run the safari company. And I, I basically, I had a, a burnout, um, which was pretty bad. I was working, I was worrying about money and stressing. You know, everybody knows worrying about money is the worst. And I was working like 16 hour days, like six days a week. And I did that for three years. So I, I all of a sudden, like half my hair fell out. I lost like, I don't know. 40 pounds in like 10 days i just like i'm basically i went to the doctor i was like what's wrong with me you know and they're like yeah we checked your blood you're okay your blood pressure is really high like you you're about to fucking stroke out and have a heart attack i was like oh shit they're like yeah you're like are you stressed out i was like yeah like are you working a lot are you sleeping enough I'm like uh so yeah they're like you need to you're gonna die you're gonna have a heart attack or a stroke if you don't fucking change something so then Claire was like, yeah, this is, let's just, you know, call it quits. I was like, yeah, I agree. So uh took me a while to recover from that. I was pretty worn down for. Uh, that, yeah. And that's before you even got here. That's, yeah, that's yeah. before I got here. And then we we planned to move in December. And then, you know, that like, we're like, oh, in five months we'll leave. And then I was just like, no, like I'm fast tracking that. Like we're leaving like two months earlier. So we just sold all our shit real quick. I, I sent a container of like all our furniture and TVs. It's hard to get stuff like that in Tanzania. Mm. It's really expensive because import tax is like ridiculous, like 45% or something. So anyways, we come here and uh, yeah, I, I started um, my business picked up with Brent. I was doing a lot of vape cartridges and vape stuff to the U.S. And that was growing uh, a lot. We we're doing well. And um yeah, and I, I was selling bongs also to Canada, to Holland, to the U.S. So I, w- I, w- I had been doing that for a while. And then, um, yeah, things were getting really good. Business was good. Everything was on the up and up. And then COVID came and then destroyed everything because all the buyers just stopped buying. And then there's like this Trump was saying like, oh, COVID, uh, yeah, if you vape. Remember they were saying in the States like, oh, if you vape, that's what's causing you to, but it was COVID. Like, you'll die if you smoke vape because there's, like, vitamin E sticking to your lungs or some shit, some bullshit. But it was cause it was the actual virus. So then, um, yeah, after COVID, I was like, okay, we got legalized. I was like, okay, well, um, yeah, let's, uh, you know, I sold weed when I was a kid a lot. Like, uh, from, I think most Canadians probably Yeah, do. from, like, 12 years old to and, 18. And mom and dad, yeah. <laughs> yeah my mom knew. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I was like, oh, I know a lot about weed. Let's do that. So when it got legalized, I was like, okay, let's 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 do that. Let's open a. But I want to do something different. So I've been wholesaling on the island, um, and um, yeah, I just I, I talked to Brent and I was like, yo, let's open a weed shop, right? He's like, okay. So um, we were a little bit late opening. A lot of people got in right at the beginning and and and, and went for it. I was like, okay, but we've been open a month now, and um, we had the grand opening last Saturday, the third of December. And uh, yeah, it's going it's going really well. Yeah, I, I came and checked it out. Uh, some people are popping in and out. I tried to no, we're I tried busy. to do the, the Larry Larry David show up nice and early. Yeah, but also, like the the issue is the traffic's just unbearable, and everyone on the island knows that. I didn't want to go too late. <sighs> yeah, what? It's, it's from um, the flood, right? I, I came in. The shop's awesome. It's looking great. 
Uh, we'll leave all links in the description um, about that. And uh, oh, actually, before we we uh, we'll jump into the shop, and I want to ask a few questions about that. Before that, um, just a quick shout out to uh, Five Star Marine. Five Star Marine's been helping uh, support this podcast. They're basically just kind of uh covering our bills so we can operate and i'm not out of pocket every other month but go check them out they are a uh it's like a vip uh speedboat tour company on the island of phuket um they're doing some great stuff if you don't want to deal you know with the typical salesmen selling you speedboats and taking you to where you don't want to go these guys are the ones that are going to give you that private tour so links in the description check that out um back uh to your shop i checked it out it's looking great especially with these bongs now they're they're coming in from China as well. Yeah, yeah, it's and my main supplier from before that I was using to uh, to export, and we're a, a bong wholesaler. So basically, um, okay, we're selling a lot of weed right to tourists. Uh, the bongs are selling too to tourists, but we have a lot of shops coming in, and basically, if they buy ten bongs or more, they get the wholesale price, and then they're just coming in, ordering. We're supplying shops in Samui, Chiang Mai, Bangkok, uh, Phuket a lot. Yeah, and, and I noticed a lot of the the weed as well that you're able to to. I, I don't smoke a lot. I used to as a kid, but now it just makes me. I, if I smoke, I'm gonna eat pizza and just pass it on the floor. But you do that anyways. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but this um, the the product and the quality that you're bringing in. I mean, it's on another level compared to let's say some of the competitors in that area. Well, I mean, the, right now it's it's easy to get good weed. A lot of places have good weed. Um, um, it, what we're trying to do is avoid PGR weed, okay? So PGR is plant growth regulators. And basically what that does is it makes your weed like a, a hard, dense, uh, really nice looking, nice smelling bud. But um, the problem with PGR weed is it looks really good and it smells really good. But when you smoke it, it doesn't have uh, usually as, as much of a, of a high THC level. And it doesn't taste good because plant growth, it's chemicals, right? And PGR weed is, is incredibly bad for your body. You're smoking, pretty much you're smoking fertilizer. So if you smoke PGR weed, you're, there's a lot of free radicals in that. And they're very, very, very bad for your body. It's, it's cancer causing. And it's hard to tell the difference until you actually were to kind of use well, it. Well, yeah, I should have brought some. I, I, um, I show you some PGR versus, you know, real weed that's yeah, just... Yeah. Uh, and I mean, good indoor weed is also grown with uh, AB uh, fertilizer. It's like vitamins for it, but they flush the plants and it's not plant growth regulators is, is different. It's like, I don't know uh, how, how to explain it. It's a little bit complicated, but yeah, a lot of people have PGR weed in Patong. People are like, wow, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. Um, but the weed we have is like the, the original, like big calyxes, hairy, crystally, but you know, it's not these dense little nuggets where you get like a gram like that. And then, you know, when you smoke it, okay, it's all right. But that the, the weed we have right now is just phenomenal. It's grown in Thailand, uh, but by foreigners. Is it indoor? indoor? It's indoor. Absolutely. We don't sell outdoor. If people are coming to Thailand, and I'm sure a lot will be flooding the markets as well in the next couple of years, you're still quite early. Um, in terms of like certifications, licenses, is this a difficult path to go after or did you kind of find it easy? To no, navigate? it was, it was all right. I, I got my lawyers to do everything. So we have a cannabis selling license Yeah, and, um, yeah, everything's legit. And, um, our grower also, uh, is legit and they have licenses and they, um, yeah, they just, they just have really, really nice weed. It's grown by a French guy. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he's a horticulturalist. But is it fully legalized in Thailand? Because I mean, doesn't it still have to go through the 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 national gazette to be able to be officially legalized, or is there still room for risk? I don't know. I I, I just haven't had much. It's weird because they just passed the bill like two three weeks ago. Yeah, um, saying that. Um, okay, like if you smoke inside your shop or if you have a smoking room, you need to have a Thai herbal doctor um, there. Um, and they, they put in some some sort of law. Because Bef before it was just like, it's legal. It's just the Wild West. Like there was no, there was nothing in place. There was no legislation, nothing. It was just, just sell weed. You know what I mean? So then, you know, the, the, the Ministry of Health is, I think, trying to... Uh, like criminalize it again to um i guess yeah not make it for recreational use but i just think that it will be very hard to do that again because you've opened the floodgates it's hard to close them and also i believe that you know i don't think cannabis is bad i mean if you compare it to alcohol i mean you know getting baked or going out and getting drunk i'd say when i smoke weed i feel fine the next day when I'm hungover, uh, it takes me three days to get back to normal. How, how are you feeling today? Uh, hungover. <laughs> <laughs> but I smoked some weed earlier, so yeah. I'm feeling a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's probably the trouble working in Bangla, too, when, when, oh. when the office, there's the, you know, you're in the, the devil's den. I mean, yeah, and you're in the guts, but uh, yeah. I've been pretty good so far. But, yeah, I'm, with, the, with the weed, also what I think, I think this will be the best year for tourism ever in Phuket, probably in Thailand. They're having record numbers of people flooding in. So there's, uh, I think, a few factors contributing to that. Um, there's no more COVID, right? Or there's COVID, but it's not, yeah, it's not the, 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 there's no, you don't need a vaccine passport. Like, I'm not vaccinated. I will never get vaccinated. Um, so I, people can travel. Um, there's no Thai pass for the COVID, and there's no quarantine when you come in. And weed's legal. So this Phuket right now is like the Amsterdam of Asia. You have people coming in from all over, especially like um, uh, the Middle East, you know, and uh, places like Singapore and Malaysia where it's incredibly illegal. Uh, yeah, like talking roads, about death penalties and the stuff. The roads are, are, I mean, just because the Kathu Road is closed as well, but I mean, the traffic I've seen the past Ridiculous. two weeks has been... This this traffic for the past two weeks is it's like Bangkok traffic. It's insane. Well, it's usually like that, like the one week at Christmas, New Year's, where you just get that week. Yeah, it's been that the whole time. Oh yeah, it's been I like mean, that you, for like came, what, a month and a you half. You came from like Blue Tree, and how long did it take you to get to Cern? Forty five yeah. minutes. Yeah, for over for fifty minutes. And usually, that's a five minute drive normally yeah. to get here from my place. So yeah, when sometimes I drive to Patong, it takes me two hours. It's just like it yeah, should, should take me 25 minutes will hours. you end up switching to a motorbike soon you think or uh no because of because there's so much traffic people drive around like maniacs right it's just dangerous especially on the beach road people are trying to pass on the shoulder on these clips i just I, I just don't find it you know safe i think phuket is it's the most dangerous place in the world to drive phuket thailand is number two south africa is number one country-wise but phuket for the population to accident and accident to death ratio is the highest in the world. So this is the most dangerous place in the world to drive. Fuck. Yeah. Well, don't knock so, on So, yeah. So easy on the, careful on the scooters, you know? Yeah, I've been, like, going to Boda Avenue on Friday. I went on last Friday night, and, like, it's only because I've lived here so long, but, like, 
I was going through people's like backyards on my motorbike. <laughs> I'm like, I was finding all the little trails and like, I sure. can, avo- I can avoid it. Yeah. But if you don't know every little nook and cranny on the back bang towel. And the problem is too, is now you get all the tourists that are on the motorbikes, right? Zinging around trying to, and a lot of people, I think most of the deaths is because you get people who have never ridden a scooter before. They jump on a scooter like, oh, oh, that's the gas. So you've never rid, rid, ridden a scooter before. You're on tight little roads, right? The roads here are really small and narrow. And then you have people like airport vans ripping around and people. And it's just like, I think most of it is, is people getting hit on scooters yeah. by trucks. And, and you can always guys. see them a mile away because they always have that like rental helmet on. Yeah. And, they like, go, oh, oh, and you can see they're not used to the yeah. gas. It's like. You know, if you've ridden a bicycle and then you jump on a scooter and you have your girlfriend in your backpack, you know, it's different. And then you're on these mountain roads going up and down, whining. It's steep sometimes. Like, I know you, like, people who live here, it's, it's, you, you know, people who live here are so used to it and they're good at driving on the scooters. But, you know, and also, uh, what happens is you get people who are used to driving, like in Canada on the right and here it's on the left. So they they get confused as well. So not only are they on a scooter for the first time with their girlfriend, and the, they're they're all mixed up with with you know they 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 look this way and then they pull out in the street and a car like zings by like whoa oh yeah shit you know like <laughs> I almost died and unfortunately yeah, and a lot of people do. Everyone's drinking as well. I mean. Yeah, they're drunk on the scooters and now they're gonna be baked as well. And <laughs> <laughs> but so, before they were baked as well, you could always get weed in Thailand before, right? There's reggae bars and stuff everywhere, but now the weed is like. You know, uh, California, Canada, Amsterdam quality. You know, like we have some weed that's thirty percent THC. Like when I was a kid, we were getting good indoor, but it was probably max fifteen to twenty. You smoke thirty percent THC, like I'll knock your socks off. Yeah, I gotta give it. A, I saw you showed me some stuff. I'm like, what if I smoke that? And you're like, no, you're not going anywhere for a while. Yeah, but those those are indicas. Let me. I'll get you some stuff, some weed that you can smoke that you'd be like, okay. You know, you don't have to, like, burn the whole joint. Take a few hoots, and then you feel just okay. Don't smoke till you get anxiety, you know, but just a few hoots, put it down. Like, me, I, I don't smoke that much weed. I don't. I don't smoke during the day. I smoke when I get home. I'm, I just want to watch Netflix. I'll take a, I'll roll a gram joint. It'll last me, like, five days. I'll just take a few toots, put it in the ashtray. It just sits in the ashtray until I'm done it, and that's it. Otherwise, you know, if I get too baked, I got a business to run, and I got stuff to do. I, what, I what's the, I mean, I, I'm aware of people that are not the difference between indica and uh, sativa. sativa okay yeah well uh so indica makes you stoned it's a little more heavy and it's stuff to chill you out usually after you know you smoke indica when, when it wears off you get burnt out you're tired you want to sleep um sativa is more like cerebral you get high so it's high versus stoned I, that's the way i'd put it mm. and um so if people come into our shop you know um in the daytime, they always want sativas. Right now, um, it's hard to get pure sativa and pure indica. They're all hybrids. Everything's like, you know, monster, cookie, kush. You know, so basically how they how they, they mix the plants is they'll take a female plant, the cannabis plant, right, of one strain, and then the they'll they'll get the seeds from uh, a different state, a male one, sorry, seeds from a kush plant, and then they pollinate them together. So it's just like with people. You know what I mean? It's like mixing races, which is Sweet. it's just cool. Yeah, it's cool. You just you know, it's like uh, like well, why I couldn't mixed you get pure? Like what, what's the well, the barrier there? Well, because they've they've mixed so many, and that I think that's how they got a lot of the THC higher. So they're like, okay, they're coming out with new strains, and you know, mixing them to make super buds, right? It's just like 
it's just like also like if you if you if you, like let, let's say I don't know how like inbreeding right it's better if you if you breed with people that are further like if you imagine you have a little village right that's 500 people and they just breed and breed and breed and breed eventually there's blood mixing there right mm. it's better to you know breed. diversify yeah exactly have blood from from right so i think that's what they're doing with the weeds is they're they're mixing these strains to make these super strains for high yield high thc you know um so yeah like the, the weed now these days is just it's amazing and the reason why i can't smoke too much okay i'm older and i've got stuff to do but the weed now is just it's so strong like i mean I, I some some people come into my shop and I'm just like I just sit there they they we have bongs on the table for people to use and you know when people when people smoke they just I'll, I'll see people go outside and they just smoke a whole joint I'm like wow like how you know what I mean like I feel like and they're not comatose yeah I know but I guess they have a high tolerance you know some people eat a lot of edibles too and stuff and uh, mm. but but yeah like um definitely people who come in they want they want some high weed. So, okay, these are sativas, and then, um, you know, they, they, they smell them, they have a look, and then they choose the ones they want, and then people usually come in in the evening or, you know, um, they'll want some indicas. But sativa is definitely more popular. Mm. Yeah, I think, it, it especially, they, King was announcing that about, oh, a year ago. He even said he wanted Thailand to be the, the Amsterdam of Southeast Asia. And now the, cat, the cat's out of the bag. I mean, it's, awesome. I'd like... Have you seen any estimates on how much um, the cannabis industry is going to add to the Thai GDP? Oh, I don't know, but a lot. Billions. Billions. And and not just from the weed, but from the money that the weed brings in. So, you know, when tourists come here, they're like, yeah, let's go to let's go to Phuket or let's go to Thailand and Chiang Mai or wherever. And let's get, we'll go there and we can just buy tons of weed and just go to the beach and go on holiday and go on these mountains and get baked. But also those people are, they're buying food. They're, they're, they're filling the hotels up. They're buying gas. They're renting scooters. It's just so good for the economy just to have that, 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 that rush of tourists come in. They're going to Bangalore. They're drinking, they're partying, they're buying merchandise. So yeah, I, I think, you know, the, 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 the ministry of health now is trying to try to um you know get it get it um recriminalized but i think when they see the amount of money that it pumps into the country after this three-year drought because of covid right like covid was horrible i felt i felt really bad for the the local thai people it was terrible yeah i think it was something like twelve thousand hotels closed or something in thailand it's, Really, you know, a lot of people's livelihood depended on but depend on tourism, and those those poor people, man, is really you know really really yeah, hard. Yeah, I mean, it hard was for them. It's horrible. down here on the beach here for it two was years. Sad. It was dead. Yeah, like literally dead. And today, it's like you you can't even find parking now. Yeah, it's, it's so it's so. But I mean, yeah, I guess if someone's planning a vacation from Europe and maybe they're initially wanting to go to Indonesia or Bali, um, Malaysia, these places where it's highly illegal, mm. and maybe you know you, you got two weeks off. Smoking without getting in trouble might this might be the factor that ends up bringing you here as well. For sure, and also like, you know, we have a we have a really nice shop. You know, I've decorated it really well, and but there's a lot of nice shops. Like I I, I you know I go to a there's a lot of shops I go to, and I when I they're all very different. You know, because and I go inside and I'm like, wow, like this is a nice chill like some are like Amsterdam coffee shop style like little dens, and some are really nice and fresh and new with. 
with LEDs everywhere and some have like weed plants everywhere. They're, they're cool. Like going, if you go around, um, especially in Patong and um, yeah, you, you go to weed shops. They're, they're, they're cool. They're Do you cool. see uh, other foreigners like yourself opening up a lot of shops? Or sure. Is it, what, is it, what is it right now? Like in that area, is it like a 50, 50 Thai foreigner or is it more like 80, 20? I would say, yeah, I'd say 50, 50. I'd say half and half. And, um, the um like well it, it's kind of 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 strange like i'm very social i like being in the shop i like talking to people i like selling the weed um but i was wholesaling to a lot of shops right for for many months before there were so many uh farms and suppliers of weed so there's a lot of i've noticed there's a lot of animosity between uh like uh, w cannabis dispensaries so basically like because there, there's a lot and they're we're close to each other everyone's close so I'll, I'll see like oh these guys are there and then this guy opened across the street or just down the street or closer to bangle from them and then they don't talk to each other they're like mm. there's a little bit of beef there between them like okay like fuck you you know what i mean like are you you're tapping into my business right the competition but um for me because i i i, I wholesale to everybody i know them all so I know all these, these, all the foreigners. I know the ties. Um, I know everybody. So I don't have that because I just, uh, I, I, we're doing okay. Everyone's doing okay. So uh, what I did is at my grand opening, I invited everybody, all the shops, because I'm wholesaling bongs to them as well. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I want everybody to uh, get along. Like, I don't know if that sounds. Yeah, yeah. I, I Some want, camaraderie I, yeah, well, the thing uh, in is, the area. Is, yeah, but the thing is, is, there's they're they're all there's they're all good people and i'm like you're so cool and i'm thinking you know you you know who you'd get along with really well your fucking neighbor 15 <laughs> meters away like you guys if you guys actually met and like talked you guys would probably become good friends but if you have this uh this barrier of like oh you're the competition i can't I can't. Well, it's also that these are weed shops. You're in the same business, same industry, and weed is much more mellow. I think it'd be different if there are meth shops all over the place. Oh yeah, that would <laughs> that'd be we call that Stabaton, yeah. Stab Town. That, that'd be uh, that'd be pretty <laughs> trouble. What about stabby. these um um with weed being legalized? I I haven't been out in Bangalore in probably two years, three years. I mean, I just oh. don't care. But um, are, are people just smoking friendly in the clubs now as well? Um, or are they no. otherwise the whole place would just reek, right? Well, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's earthy. But are they no, letting that? Or no, no, before, yes. Before they put this legislation in, right? Like two weeks ago. Now they're like, okay, you need to smoke in a designated smoking room. Um, okay. You know, or you, you, you have to be in like a controlled area. They wanted to put, they had to, they, they had to put some, uh, laws down or some rules, right? It couldn't just be like free flowing. So before, yeah, people would just walk around smoking and it was fine with the police and everything. Uh, now it's like, okay, uh, people want to find somewhere to smoke um, and um, or they just go walk on the beach or something, you know, then just not just yeah, not but like if the, the whole club is smoking. I mean, I've been in a room before with people just whatever and, and they're smoking. And if you don't smoke, you get high. Oh, uh, we get you, we get like, okay, <laughs> So we have like, yeah, if, if, if people are smoking somewhere and like you're in there, you get baked because you can't stay in a room full of secondhand weed smoke, especially if there, there isn't good ventilation and not get baked. Like people get baked for sure. You, I remember when I was a kid, uh, my brother lives in Amsterdam, right? And um, 
yeah, it was my it's my half brother, so we have the same mom, and so I, I would go visit him. Like I would save up my money all year. I'd work all all year while I was in high school, and then selling weed and and working in restaurants. And then the summers I'd go to Holland. I just disappear. And I remember I was like, I was sixteen years old. My brother's in a band too, and uh, they had a they had a gig in like a, a coffee shop bar, and uh, I remember being in there, and I I got so baked. That like I went outside and puked and I hadn't drank or smoked any weed. It's just so much weed smoking there. And I was in there for like two hours watching the band play there. And I was just like, I was like, holy fuck, like what's going on? I was like, oh, I'm so big. And I, I, had, been, I had smoked weed and in, in, been smoking weed since I was like 12 years old in Canada. But uh, yeah, I I, uh, I was like, I hadn't smoked that day because you, you're not allowed to smoke until you're 18 in, in Holland. So I wasn't, it wouldn't let me actually like burn in the yeah. club. Just chilling there. I just got fucked. So definitely secondhand yeah, I mean, weed smoke. <laughs> if you work in a in a dispensary and people are smoking there all day, for sure. You 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 the end of the day you're like, whoa. Yeah, I guess otherwise people will just be lighting up in restaurants and it's probably, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and it's other a, it's, people they don't they don't want that they're on holiday. It makes sure, sense. yeah. And you know, also like uh if you're walking around on Bangla, there are people that bring kids on Bangla, like especially in the daytime, right? They're poor they got strollers, they got babies and stuff. So you can't have them sitting there having a meal at a pub on the terrace yeah. and some dude spark up a, a big reef and blowing smoke in the kid's face. There's a baby sleeping in a crib, you know, or, or yeah. sorry, in a, in a stroller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, in a way, it's good. Uh, in a way, it's, you know, it's, it's you want people to be free, but you also can't be, like, making other people uh, feel uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, and on your side, so I, uh, can you explain a bit about like your location? If people are coming down, they're coming to Patong. Where mm -hmm. are you located? Uh, we're in the middle of the beach road. So if uh, if you come out of Bangla, like you're going to the beach, you go left. Uh, we're about 200 meters up the 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 road, um, where there's a big resort called Ban Lai Mai Resort in the middle of the beach road. It's massive, and we're right beside it. There's a little side street. We're right there, and we have um, right on the beach road now. We have like this little like shelf kiosk thing where we sell joints and we have bongs in the cabinets and, and pipes and stuff. And then we have our guy Leo out there handing out flyers. But um, that's also people, they say, oh, okay, well, I want to buy a gram of this weed. Uh, and then he just says, okay, just walk. 10 and there's meters. a huge sign. There's a massive sign. It's yeah. gigantic. It's 12 meters long by a meter. So it's, I think it's the biggest uh, cannabis dispensary sign in Phuket. Yeah, so especially if you're on the beach side. Yeah, if you're on the beach looking, it's, it. it's massive, yeah. All right, sweet. Well, it's 8 o'clock here. We would make this a quick one. I'm going to be filming one. Oh, my God. What's today? Today's Tuesday. So we're filming Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, maybe two. When do you leave, Hans? Uh, Monday. 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 He's going to South Africa. Cool. Hopefully, he can get back in. Are you going to be able to get back in? Oh, yeah. I got my ways. All right. If not, yeah. we're looking for podcast well, producers. I, not, Hans might not be back in. Send your resume <laughs> to Hans's <laughs> Instagram. Hans is stuck in, in SouthAfrica.com. <laughs> yeah. Com. yeah. <laughs> Just in case, uh, you can check him out. So, um, yeah. Send, I'll start a GoFundMe. Yeah, start Hans if a GoFundMe I'll, to get I'll back not in. I'll ship you in a, I'll sneak you in in a shipping container from South Africa. Yeah, yeah back in. Full box, yeah. 
Um, all right, we're going to wrap this up tomorrow. Uh, a friend of mine, Thomas, will come on. He's been in the fashion industry forever. Um, and he's been in Thailand for 20, 30 years. So we'll that, talk about... bikini companies? Thomas. Thomas. Okay. Hey, cool, cool, we'll get man. Thomas on. We got Josh Hinger coming on Friday. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu legend. And Phil is making a return. The health expert. That will be on Thursday. Um... But those we're only doing oh, one of them. I have somebody that could you could get on the show. It's yeah. uh yeah, he's a um he's a doctor. He's a Danish guy named Lars. All I'll right. hook you up with him. Yeah, he's really interesting. He does like um Is he the I think I he know. Does, he does about. like uh something with medicine, like uh I don't know, it's like herbal medicine or or non uh chemical uh medicine and I don't know, health and wellness stuff. All right. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Sounds like you guys know each other well. I'm joking. Yeah. I know. Well, no, yeah, I'm, I'm always looking to bring on doctors. Not sexually, if that's what you mean. <laughs> hey. Uh, all right, before we end that, let's check my checklist. I need to, like, put it there. We just don't have room. Uh, yep, subscribe from or unsubscribe. We don't really care what you do. Uh, I'm going to kick it back to Pete. And, uh, yeah, this is this podcast. We love we love it so much. Not at 8 o'clock. We, we kind of want to end it at 8 o'clock mm-hmm. and sell all the equipment. But um, let's shoot shoot it over to this camera. Just let them know. Uh, we'll leave links in the description. I'm sure you're building the social, so that will come out soon as well. Yeah. Um, but any, anything you want to uh, say to your, yeah, your so fans? Our, our, yeah, so... Uh, uh, that camera over there. Okay. Which one? That one. That one? Okay. okay. Yeah, so if uh, you end up coming down to Phuket, welcome to our cannabis and bong dispensary called THC. Uh, you can find it on Google Maps. Just put THC in. It's on the middle of the beach scan road. Scan that QR we code. We have... Yeah, here you go. I'll help. You can scan that QR code off the screen. You can hold that up for a minute. My headphones keep cutting in and out. Scan and that. That's the Google Map yep, location. That's the Google yeah. Maps. And then, um, yeah, welcome. We have a lot of top shelf and uh, exotic cannabis that will knock your socks off. Welcome. And if you're a traveler here, they got pipes as well in case you're not wanting yeah. to travel around with the bong. Yeah, and we have some uh, silicone Yeah, pipes and you have some and other, stuff. like, really small, like, travel. Tons of, yeah. what else? We, we have, have tons all, of accessories. We have silicone bongs. We have glass. We have glass and silicone. We got pipes. We got bongs. We hairs. got bongs. We yeah, got, we, we got a lot of stuff. And um, a lot of people buy stuff, souvenirs to bring home so they don't smoke out of them. And then they want a little bong that they can just chuck away uh, when they leave. So you got something for everyone. There we go. We got He's got it all for you. Um, All right, we're going to end that there. So unsubscribe and thanks a lot. And we're out.